The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. You are very welcome to the Big Red Bench here on this Sunday evening. It is Sarah McKenzie Foley here with you for the next hour. You can get in touch with me on X. We are at Big Red Bench or you can send me a message on WhatsApp at 0868104106. I'm going to be taking you through all of today's sporting action and I'll get you reaction to Cork's hurling and football results today plus a report from Kilimarta's All-Ireland final loss in Croke Park. We'll also be continuing our preview of next weekend's Basketball National Cup Finals with interviews from both the Rebel Wheelers team and the Women's Father Matthews team as well. So, with all that coming up, let's get into it. are starting with Gaelic games and as I mentioned Kilimartra narrowly missed out on becoming All-Ireland Intermediate Football Club champions today in Croke Park. The Cork side fell to St. Patrick's of Armagh and the final score was St. Patrick's one goal and eight points to Kilimartra's seven points. Tommy Rooney has the full-time report from Cork from Croke Park. St. Patrick's Cullihanna are Intermediate Learning Club football champions after they've beaten Kilimartra of Cork by four points on a scoreline of 1-8 to 7 in Croke Park. A goal and three points in the first half from County Captain Aidan Nugent was the foundation on which Cully Hanna built this victory. Nugent's 20-minute goal put daylight between the sides for the first time and Killen Marcher never really clawed it back. Twice the John Evans-managed side got the gap back to three points, but they couldn't get any closer. Cully Hanna goalkeeper James Carragher made one brilliant reaction save with six minutes to play and another right at the death from Dan O'Donnell. Nugent top scored for Cully Hanna as Shea Hoey and Gavin Duffy kicked two fine scores when the pressure was on and County star Jason Duffy sealed the win in the last minute with a fine point. The Intermediate Ireland Football Club title heads to Armagh tonight as St. Patrick's Cullihanna run out deserving winners on a scoreline of 1-8 to 7 points. Elsewhere, the Cork footballers emerged victorious in their McGrath Cup clash against Waterford this afternoon. The final score for Mallow was Cork 1 goal and 22 Waterford 6 points. While the Cork Hurlers also recorded a win in their Munster Hurling League game against Clare and a goal in Cork's favour was the difference between the two teams. We'll have reaction from both of those games coming up for you shortly. To football now and there were two Premier League games down for decision this afternoon. Everton and Aston Villa played out a scoreless draw in the early game. Shane Pennington has the full-time report from Goodison Park. Everton nil, Aston Villa nil. Well, he's had to wait 96 Premier League games, but Unai Emery finally has his first goalless draw as both sides wasted good chances to take all three points here. Dominic Calvert-Lewin and James Garner had Everton's best chances, but both were denied by Emmy Martinez. Whilst at the other end, Alex Moreno had a goal ruled out for offside in the first half after a lengthy VAR review, and John McGinn and John Duran also missed good opportunities to win it for the visitors in the second period. But overall, a point apiece was probably about right here. Everton nil, Aston Villa nil. The game marked a special day for Republic of Ireland captain Seamus Coleman. He started for Everton and with that broke the club's record for appearances in the league with 355. Here he is speaking to Sky at full time. I've been here for, for a long time now, coming up in 15 years and have had a couple of you know serious injuries. So, yeah, you know, to get it, it, it's been good. I didn't really enjoy it before the game and that when you're trying to focus on the game and stuff. But, um, you know, it's something I'm proud of. And, you know, as long as the team are picking up results, that's the main thing for me. And, you know, I'm very proud to play for this football club. It's a special football club and we should never forget how big of a football club it is in, in, in this country. Only 15th season. How do you see the challenge ahead now? Yeah, listen, uh, we know where we are this season um, in terms of the deduction, but what the manager has tried to instill in us what we you know as players we, we expect and demand of each other is, is very high and something that maybe has been missing over the last few years we always hold each other accountable and we can say to each other how it is which I think is important and um, you know Listen, the points deduction is a points deduction, but uh, we have won games this season to, to show that you know we're we're a mid-table team. But we just got to keep we've got to keep fighting and, and and keep showing that week in week out. Elsewhere, Manchester United have welcomed Tottenham to Old Trafford in the second game of the day. The latest score there is two all, and Peter Smith has the report from Old Trafford. 
United 2, Tottenham 2 and since the restart Tottenham have dominated the possession and they find themselves level a minute after the break as Werner ushered in Bentecar with the Uruguayan finishing brilliantly from the left of the six-yard box. Further half chances have followed for Tottenham through Richarlison and Werner but playing where the high line is potentially dangerous for them with United looking to exploit the pace of Garnacho and Rashford with long balls. McTominay and Martinez have been introduced from the bench for United. It's United 2, Tottenham 2. On the international stage, Mo Salah and Egypt have kicked off their Africa Cup of Nations campaign against Mozambique in Group B and currently lead 1-0 at halftime in that game. Meanwhile, the day's earlier game between Nigeria and Equatorial Guinea finished one all. To golf now and Rory McIlroy has narrowly missed out on winning the Dubai Invitational. He shot a final round of 67 today which left him 18 under for the tournament and in a tie for second alongside South African Tristan Lawrence. Englishman Tommy Fleetwood made a surge from third place to finish up on under 19 under par excuse me and win the DP World Tour's first event of the year. Tom McKibben finished up in a tie for 25th on five under par and Fleetwood told Sky Sports News that the win was a good way to start the year. It was great watching one of the world's best golfers in Rory. Um, I was playing very well. I was hitting it very solid. I looked um, distinctly average compared to the way Rory started playing on that back nine, but I felt, felt very in control of my game. In tennis, world number one and reigning champion Novak Djokovic has beaten Croatia's Dino Prismic by three sets to one in the first round of the Australian Open. Djokovic is looking to win his 11th title over the next two weeks in Melbourne. I had an amazing opponent tonight. For an 18-year-old, he played so maturely and so confidently on the court, uh, fighting through, uh, not giving up, uh, even when he was four down in the fourth set. Just uh, very impressed with his mentality, with his approach, with his game. To snooker now and the final of the Masters is taking place at Alexander Palace today. Ali Carter opened up a 5-3 lead over Ronnie O'Sullivan in the opening session with action set to resume at 7pm in the best of 19 frames match. Finally in basketball, Gronenbacher Credit Union Brunel were up against the Trinity Meteors in the misquote.ie Super League today where the final score was 83 points to 74 in the Cork team's favour. Now, Cork won a comprehensive game today. They had 122, Waterford six points in Mallow and Jer McCarthy was on the sidelines for us. Jer, tell us, uh, tell us a, a whistle-stop tour of, of the game today. <laughs> uh, won't take too long, Sarah. Um, I suppose, look, this was a McGrath Cup's Cork second outing, having beaten Clare uh, last week in their opening game. Um, a very scrappy and disjointed first half ended six points to four in Cork's favour. Not a lot to write home about, but but a couple of changes at halftime, including the introduction of Chris Oak-Jones, who got a goal within a minute of coming on, saw Cork dominate the third quarter and just ease, ease to a very straightforward victory in the second half. Some of the standout players on the day, as I said, Chris Oak-Jones finished with 1-4, but Owen McSweeney, um, the knock Negri pair, had a fantastic afternoon, kicked four fabulous points in the second half, um, easing Cork to victory, as I said, for John Cleary's side. Um, Waterford, you know, they, put, they made a match of it in the first half, now McSweeney and William Beresford, and a few others uh, getting a couple of early scores, but it wasn't to be for them in the second half. They were just blown away by Cork's, I suppose, the Cork's abilities getting behind their mass defence and pick off some really impressive scores. In the end, pretty straightforward. Not an awful lot. I don't know. It's, it's hard to know just how much John Cleary will learn from it. But um, a comprehensive victory for Cork, backing up their recent win over Clare, 120-06 um, in the McGrath Cup. And I know obviously Waterford were on the losing side today, but were there any players that were kind of stand out on their side? Yeah, I suppose, look, Niall McSweeney, as I mentioned there, they're full forward, William Beresford, they're centre forward. They're, they're under new management of Paul Shanky and he's, he's just come in and there's a lot of work to do with that particular team if, if they're going to make any kind of impact this year. Look, Waterford is synonymous with hurling and known for its hurling. Um, and like their football team, you know, they do struggle, uh, I think, in terms of quality. But they showed enough in the first half that if they can get their act together, they might rattle a few teams, um, who knows, in the coming se- in season in or around their, their own level. As for Cork, um, as we mentioned uh, Owen McSweeney there from Rock Negree he was just one of the standout players Chris Oak-Jones really made a huge impact when he came off the bench um, and some other players I think notable players as well that did really well Mark Cronin has been doing quite well this year uh, early in the new year albeit uh, the Nemo Rangers corner forward Ian McGuire in midfield Cork lost Paul Walsh the Kentork midfielder to an ankle injury um, but we need to that needs to be assessed he'd be, a, he'd be a big loss now if he's out for any length of time at all because he's been going quite well for them and in, 
in the backs, they started with a, a, a quite a, an experimental lineup with Neil Lorgan from Ballinora, uh, Chris Kelly and Gold from Airog, and uh, Jack McCarthy from Carrigaline. Um, some new young players as well that have been promoted from the under-20 setup. So it was good to see those players getting a run. Uh, lots of substitutions in the second half as well, including Dara Cashman. Um, who's been going quite well we mentioned Omic Sweeney Chris Oak Jones Brian O'Driscoll started he did quite well as well look all in all I guess Sarah look there was a couple of standout players but I don't know how much you actually learn from a game like this it was over after about 40 minutes um, having even even though it was quite a disappointing first half but for John Cleary and for Cork um, it's two wins on the, on the bounce they're trying to get a panel together for the National League which begins quite soon and obviously they've got a big McGrath Cup final coming up now as well yeah, speaking of what's next, I understand there's consternation was a great word that you used to, to tease this one. Yeah, uh, it's Cork and Kerry in the McGrath Cup final. And I suppose up until just until I got to Mallow today, I was under the impression that that game is on definitely on Friday night, the 19th. Um, my understanding was that that game would be in Kerry, but it seems that that's not the case. It's actually because it's a final, um, it's going to be played in Parky Ring here in Cork. So look, okay. I think we just need to keep an eye on that. Um, that's next Friday night. It, it's definitely going ahead Friday night, Cork versus Kerry in the McGrath Cup, the last of the preseason games before the National League starts. And Cork have to travel up to Bally Buffet to take on Donegal. But uh, as of now, my understanding is that that final will be played in Parky Ring, but that might change, who knows, in the coming days. But um, Cork seem pretty certain that that game is going to be in Cork next Friday night and hopefully a bit of a crowd if that's the case will come out and watch uh, Cork versus Kerry Absolutely hopefully with no sub-zero temperatures but we'll have to wait and see on that one Jerry. thanks so much as always No worries thank you Let's get some reaction directly from the Cork camp now Jerry spoke to Cork senior manager Jer- John Cleary after the game uh, John Cleary first of all congratulations second consecutive McGrath Cup win um, much improved second half performance similar to the Clare game in, in all very difficult and different conditions what did you take out of today's game? Look uh, the first half we were definitely very fat now in fairness we had a hard week's training and uh, we were trying to mix and match guys with knocks there that maybe could have played and, and but we wanted to give maybe other guys there uh, you know a look in this is the time of looking at, at few players so um, we as I said those guys came in and the first half like in any game you're going to play whatever opposition when they set up defensively maybe it's not going to be one in the first half there was a bit of a breeze here and we were against it the first half but we wouldn't have been happy because we were flat and we were going through the motions and look we we you know, had a few words at halftime and in fairness they came out in the second half and, and, and like uh, Waterford did tire and our lads pushed on and I think look we had good lads coming off the bench there that you know made the difference in this game but uh, look it's preparation and you know we, we, we got a lot of fellas run out now and as I said we had a good week's training so this is all preparation for the league in two weeks time Yeah you mentioned you could hear from the sidelines well moving the ball at pace is something you want to see your team doing and they did that much better in the second period Absolutely yeah 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 and now sometimes it isn't easy moving with the pace we'd like when it's uh, when the blanket defence when they're 15 behind the, the 45 but uh, definitely in the second half we looked up gave it a bit better and, and uh, you know we got the reward for it when they did tired there was gaps there then and, and our lads were able to exploit it a lot of players to look at this time of the year is about getting uh, miles into the legs as well using the McGrath Cup to do that how happy are you where you are right now with the panel uh, yeah, it's 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 always a work in progress, and and uh, we have a development uh, squad in, in in vogue as well. And there were some of those lads actually played there as well today. So it's good to see them getting a look in because. No, there is a big step up from club level to, to inter-county level and uh, basically it's only when you when guys are put in there that you see the big difference, you know, guys might get away at club level but not at this level, uh, maybe not so today but against the better teams uh, you need to have everything going right for you, you need to be fit, you need to be nailed on, you need to have a game plan, you need to be able to move that ball and that's what we're endeavouring to try and do and uh, you know, when we do come up against the big teams like Donegal in two weeks time, that we're ready for it and that we can play the way we want to play but it's not easy uh, but we're trying to get there um, How important is it to have the impact off the bench this coming season you've got a lot of talented players on that bench when the time comes in National League and Championship but getting an impact off the bench you got it in the first I know it's early in the year but you got it in the first two games something I would imagine you're building towards for the Championship Yeah without a doubt yeah. I think look you look at the big teams you know what I mean by that the Kerrys the Dublins Tyrone's Armaz they, they have big impacts on the, the bench coming down the stretch and that's what we're trying to develop we're trying to develop you know 30 players or 36 players that if you 
if they go in there that they're able to perform at that level you're going to have injuries we're going to have a lot of injuries uh, you know because of the way the games are coming one after the other we have the Sigurdsson now during the week uh, we have the McGrath Cup final and then we go into the, the league and that's week after week so we need more uh, more than, than 15 we need more than 21 to be able to step up and get in there and and, and, and you know, put their hand up and, and fall in there um, and that's what's going to make the difference whether we're successful or not. Finally, Kerry finally, uh, playing uh, next Friday night and now it's, it's the final of the McGrath Cup. What are you hoping to get out of that game or anything? I looked at them, yeah, as I said this year, we, we went out bald-headed to win the McGrath Cup last year. This year, it's about getting development. It's about, it's not the be-all and end-all. Uh, maybe, you know, so uh, it'll be another good game preparation for the following week uh, going up to, to Donegal playing Louth the week after you know Cavan so those are the games that we're, we're, we're looking at at the moment so we'll be using that for preparation but you know all Cork and Kerry games uh, we'll be out there to do our damnedest to win and uh, we'll just see where it takes us Friday night Well done today we'll talk to you again soon thanks Sean Okay Ger no bother As promised we also have reaction from the Cork Hurlers win this afternoon Dan Casey was at the game and he spoke to Cork manager Pat Ryan to get his thoughts. I'm glad to be joined here with Cork manager Pat Ryan after their uh, win over Clare, 124 to 24 points. I suppose made it hard for yourself coming down um, the home stretch a bit, but uh, what were your overall thoughts on the game? Yeah, I looked delighted to get the game. You know, obviously, um, you know, it's pre season and trying to get as many fellas game time in. And look, um, it was very worthwhile for us and uh, a lot of good performances. A lot of things to work on as well, which is what you want um, going into training next week. What are, what are you looking out for the specifics at this uh, time of year? Uh, look, 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 you're looking for attitude and effort. Our lads, you know, and fellas trying to make the right decisions, and we did that. And, Look, I think the effort and attitude was great out of fellas, but I think look, we made an awful lot of wrong decisions. I think we'd look with nearly 20 odd boys to know shooting off the back foot. So that's something we need to work on. Uh, but look, 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 this, this is the time of the year to be working on those things. Yeah, would you forgive a lad for making a mistake, but as long as he's shown that kind of heart and great? Uh, exactly. Look, 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 you'll always make mistakes. I suppose our idea is that we're trying to get fellas to make the right decisions and, 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 and take the right choices. Uh, I think sometimes, look, we took a few shots off the back foot, look, but th- I think that happens at times when fellas start to tire us more, but you know, um, we've done a lot of training, a lot of hard training, the conditioning is good at fellas, but look, you can't beat um, competitive games to, to get up into match fitness. Yeah, speaking of shots there, I think 22 wides was. How do you go about resolving that? Is it just practice or is it more a mental uh, thing? It's just practice as well. Look, obviously it is. Look, look, you can see that fellas, some, some of them were tired shots. And look, I think some of them were wrong decisions. We were kind of shooting off the back foot instead of using the ball. And look, we had a lot of ball that we could have used into our inside line that we didn't do. So look, I uh, need that to happen a bit better, you know. Any player in particular that stood out to you? I know, look, look, I suppose I was delighted with the four new fellas who started. Look, um, Brian Sarnison, Colin McCarthy, uh, Owen Carey, and Robbie Cotter. That was the first competitive day, day before Cork and I thought the four of them acquitted themselves very well you know yeah Sanderson as well he's free uh, towards the end a bit of pressure on that one as well and he, he, he took a nice yeah lead. yeah look look he's a big strong young fellow look you know and he's a good, great puck and he's looking at a great campaign with the under 20s but before that he had a great campaign with uh, Middleton as well so look he's look obviously he's um, a big addition to us this year you know and so look he's making it a more competitive environment than we have inside with Pan Jar Collins you know how important is it to get into the habit of winning games at this time of year I look look look, look anytime we put on the cock jersey we keep saying we always want to win matches so whenever on happy that we're always unhappy if we don't win matches you know so look our, our focus all the time is that when you put on the cocktails you should be winning games and uh, look obviously look the, the, our focus all the time is on Waterford the championship on the 21st of April but look the, the best way to prepare for that is, is plenty of games and to be winning and, and create great confidence within the group Yeah you blended the experience with the inexperience nicely today Conor Lahan can give a word to him Yeah Conor was excellent look look, and, and look probably that's why I think he scored 1-4 in the first half and probably had another 4-5 boys do you know what I mean some of the, some of the shots off the back foot look, but that's that's look that, that's sometimes is, is things we need to work on as we said in the group and look there was a lot of that going on but look Connor's a very good player he's in super condition do you know what I mean uh, absolutely super condition at the moment you know he looks after himself great um, so look delighted with his performance today and, and uh, look, we'll move on to Wednesday night against Limerick yeah, how about that Limerick game? Will there be many lads who play tonight getting the game time on the Wednesday? Three-day turnarounds is a tough Yeah, yeah, look, look, there will look, there'll be a good few of them. We'll, we'll, we'll be asked to kind of go again or something and play some part of it. Um, look, we've uh, UCC as well are involved in, and CIT are involved over the next kind of couple of weeks in the Fitzgibbon, so just need to manage their game time as regards that. Just give a word to Hoggy. How's he uh, coming to this year? You know, no, Hoggy's very good. He's in great shape. He trained this morning. Um, you know, he's, he's small with the flu during the week, which is kind of going around, and we've had a couple of fellas who had the flu during the, um, over the last kind of couple of weeks, so... Um, um, I'll give you in contention for Wednesday night. Thanks so much, Pat. No problem. Appreciate Cheers. it. Thank you. Let's hear from one of the Cork players now, Shane Kingston, gave his uh, reaction to Dan after the game. I'll be joined here with Shane Kingston after Cork's win over Clare. 124 to 24 points was the final scoreline. We believe you're the man responsible for eight of those points on the Cork side. Shane, what was your uh, overall thoughts on the game? 
Ash of luck, any, any day you go out and you, you get a performance, um, you'd, you'd be happy enough. You know, it's, you're just trying to get as many games as you can this time of year. Uh, it's obviously very good for everyone to get a bit of game time, so you know, happy enough to win. How much should fans be reading into a game like today? Actually, look, it's hard to take anything in, in January. Um, you know, there's a lot of injuries. Fellas are only coming back from the club still. Some fellas are still with the club, so you, know, you can't read into anything this time of year, but it's still, still great to get competitive games in. Yeah, that uh, I suppose disappointment against Limerick last year. How have uh, you recovered uh, after that one? Yeah, I suppose. Look, any year you're not successful, you're just trying to look on. I suppose the, the positive things from the year and and look at the negative. So, you know, we be we be analysing things, uh, plenty of things we did well last year, but definitely things we can work on. So, obviously, gonna gonna try build on that for, for this year. Lee coming up. Uh, how are you gearing towards that? Yeah, look, we've, we've been training hard for the last number of weeks, so you know, we're just going to continue training hard, getting these kind of competitive games and hopefully put ourselves in a good position going into the league. Yeah, and Munster, do you think we get out of it? It's always a plan anyway, isn't it? <laughs> do you think we will? Absolutely, there there yeah. certainly seems to be a good vibe around the camp that a lot of Cork lads seem to think this is our year. Do you agree with that? Actually, yeah. You, like, any year you're going to be positive. You're not going to be training for nine months of the year to, to knock, it out of the, knock it out of the group. So, you know, we're training fairly hard, so... Obviously, we'll focus on the next game now and focus on the league and put ourselves in a good position then for championship. The objective set out, is it just to get out of Munster or are you looking further down the line? You'll always be looking down, down the line if you're only looking to get out of Munster you're doing something wrong. <laughs> Shane, thanks so much. Thank you. Cheers. Great. Let's take a look ahead now with the help of Jeremy McCarthy yet again because he spoke to Cork LGFA senior manager Shane Ronane earlier this week about changes to the staff and team lineup and also gave a preview of the upcoming season. So let's take a listen. Now here on Cork Street FM's Big Red Bench, we are delighted to be joined by the Cork LGFA senior manager, Shane Ronane, ahead of another season for the Cork Ladies Footballers uh, National League coming up, and of course, Provincial, and then the All-Ireland Championship. Lots and lots to look forward to. First of all, Shane, Happy New Year. How are you? Same to yourself, Char. I'm good. Good. Busy now, but uh, you know, looking forward to the next few months. Appreciate you taking the time to speak to us here on the Big Red Bench because it is a very busy time for you. You are in pre-season mode with your senior panel ahead of the National League, which we'll talk about very soon. But before we start talking about the National League, you have some fresh faces both on the senior panel for the coming year and in your management team. Who are the newcomers or the people that have joined you for this year's uh, Cork LGFA season? Um, on the panel at the moment we have uh, we brought up a couple of minors from last year I suppose Creeva Richmond from Glen Moyer Katie O'Driscoll from Clanny Kilty Anya Hallinan from uh, Liss Gould um, Molly Buck from Morn Abbey um, and then we have a couple of I suppose a couple of guards uh, one girl back Sy Valieri who will be no stranger to Cockle GFA fans Sy had taken two years out she's back in the panel you can sail so that you know that's a good boost Noelle O'Mahony from Donnie's in with us uh, Clara Lynch, uh, new girl from Warren Abbey as well. Um, sh- she's there as well. And I suppose Shauna Cronin from Aero Oak, who's been playing very well for Aero Oak the last few years. She's on board now this year as well. Um, I think that's it. I think that's it, Charlie. I think there was, there was seven or so um, who, who are on board at the moment. And look, we're, I suppose we're always looking. You know, we've, we've I suppose, looking at our affairs as well. We, we spent a lot of time looking at the club games. Um, you know, and asking players in, I suppose, you know, the nature of the game, a lot of players, you know, find it hard to commit. So, you know, we have been doing our due diligence around the, I suppose, around the, around the county. So hopefully the people who are at the moment will, will improve things and, you know, I suppose, drive it on. There's a reinvigoration of youth there as well. Like, you know, look, we've a couple of injuries, long-term injuries. Hopefully they're due back maybe in end of April, Rachel Leahy and Emer Kiley, who did their crucius last year. So, look, hopefully... You know, there's there's a there's a good buzz around at the moment, and on the management side of things, um, Jerry Lane from Newtown Chandram is, is the new Western Sea coach, and Katie Nagel from from she's from Douglas, she's the new physio, and Dinny Enright, who was a selector the first year with me, uh, was back on board this year. He couldn't couldn't do it last year for for uh, for family reasons, and uh, he's back on board this year. So we're delighted with with with, with the changes to set up, and I also look it's very exciting at the moment. Certainly is. It's still very early days in the new year, and I appreciate the fact that you know you're you're, you're betting things in with players, and you'll always be looking. But talk to me about the new facility in Ballancolic, what it is, and how important it is, not just for the Cork seniors, but for the entire Cork LGFA setup. Yeah, look, I suppose it's something we were looking at the last couple of years about maybe looking at hiring our own premises or leasing our own premises because look, the cost of uh, of hiring a proper gym facility, you know, is very high because of the of the quality of the place you're getting. So this this uh, premises became available, 
and in fairness to the county board, you know, they were fully behind it um, and they thought it was a great idea. And look, I suppose we were lucky that UCC had built a new gym and we were able to purchase um, some of their old equipment um, you know, at, a, at a good rate. Um, so the place is kitted out now um, for its perfect squad gym. We have an office facility, a physio room, and it's totally our own for the next couple of years, which is a huge thing. Um, you know, the girls have taken ownership of it. Um, they're planning on painting the walls and things like that. And, you know, they, they, they make sure it's, it's kept in a, you know, in proper order. And I suppose, look, we've, we've had great use of it with the seniors and I know, and the minors have been in there and the 16s are about to start in there as well. So it's a huge thing to have your own premises. And there isn't too many intercounty teams around the country, male or female, who have this facility. And this is totally our own, you know, we have, we have no, um, we have no, uh, we don't have to book it at all. We just have to, you know, we can turn up and use it when we want. So it's, it's fantastic, John. I think the county board has to be commended for, for having the foresight to do it. There was an outlay, of, you know, a decent outlay of money for it, like, you know, that I suppose, but I think the, hopefully in the years to come, it might not be straight away this year. People will see the benefit of it, but having your own facility at, at this level is fantastic. Yeah, and you've you've earmarked that before. In fairness, like there's no shortage of footballing talent in the Cork LGFA adult and underage structures. I think you've seen that as closely as I have over the last few years. But you've addressed this before in that, you know, strength and conditioning. When you look at the Kerrys, when you look at the the size of the Kerry team, the size of the Dublin teams, and the size of the teams that get to the business end of the championship every year, it is a major factor in helping certain teams win all Ireland championships. You've addressed that now and set that foundation in place. Yeah, look, absolutely. I mean, if you look even back to the, the, the brilliant Cork teams, you know, under the late Eamon Ryan, um, they were a big physical team, you know, and I suppose they were probably maybe more naturally physical, you know, athletes. You know, there wasn't, we weren't doing much S&C when, when Eamon was there, but there were, Eamon had his own, he used to do stuff at the start of training that probably replicates a lot of what you do in the gym, but there wasn't per se, a, you know, um, a, an S&C program in there. But I suppose we're trying to, I suppose, play catch up that way. Um, Dublin, I know Dublin, um, Plays huge, plays huge emphasis in the last few years, especially last year. They made a change actually at S and C level, and McBone credited as one of their major reasons why they performed so well. So look, uh, it's vital, you know, and it's, I suppose it's all been done in the appropriate manner as well, Jory. You know, I suppose people are worried out there like that, you know, the players, even the underage players, you know, are being exposed to stuff they shouldn't be. They're not, you know, everything is age appropriate. There's qualified coaches with all the teams for S and C, um, you know, and. I think it's it's a huge step forward. As I said, it's not a quick fix. Um, you know, we, we've done a lot of gym work done the last two years, but some of our players, you know, who come up from minor level and all that, you know, would not have been exposed to any gym work before. So I think it's it, it's a it's a huge learning curve for them. But and it will take time. But you can see the benefits of it already. Uh, you know, they've done a very intensive program there with the last um, five weeks or so, and we can see the benefit of it already. So hopefully, as the season goes on. You know, we'll see we'll see some benefit of it, but it probably will take you know that couple of years before you really see the fruits of it. But hopefully, we can see some benefit this year. You're listening to Cork FM's Big Red Bench with me, John McCarthy. I'm speaking to the Cork AGFA senior manager Shane Ronan, the head of the new campaign. Shane, the national league fixtures when they were announced uh, in Division One this year of the seven games Cork will play, three are away from home, and in the first five games, the only away game that Cork have is in Austin Stack Park, where you'll take on Kerry. The final two games are against Dublin and Meath. Before we talk about football, logistically, you must have been happy with that, or are you? I mean, the fact that so- Cork have so many home games does it make a difference or just from the logistics point of view is it just that bit easier for the management team and the players to know that you'll be at home for five of the or five of the four of the first five games yeah look it, 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 I suppose last year we were kind of the other way around we had a, a run of games away and then we were at home but I suppose the fact that Armagh came up um, you know allowed us to we had Dun- Donegal were relegated we had Donegal at home last year so we would have had to travel to Donegal if Donegal had stayed up so it, it, it suited us that way, you know, that we didn't have that long trip and Narma obviously had to come down to us. So having four four home games out of the first five is very important, but I suppose that puts a bit of pressure on that you, I suppose you've got to pick up points. Look, it's going to be very hard to get to league final. Um, there's going to be a lot of experimenting going on with lots of teams. Um, you know, you probably have to win, you know, five, if not six of your seven games to get to league final with only the top two going. So look, our target is to, to you know, Get ourselves, get ourselves safe and I suppose I know that might sound negative and people are thinking out there you know why are you thinking like that but look, we have a lot of new players we're going to be trying out during the league we need to extend our, our, our playing pool and things like that so we're going to give those younger players a big chance and I suppose look the fact that we have those first four the, four, the first five games 
are at home, you know, will allow them, I suppose, that, that you know, bit of leeway that, that we can work on, work on the players that way. And look, obviously, the, I suppose, that away trip is, very, is, is a daunting one, I suppose, down to Tralee, down to Kerry, you know, on the bank holiday Monday um, in February, you know, and I'm sure they're they're gunning for us after the Munster final last year. So, look, it's, it's going to be very exciting, but we're glad the first two games are at home anyway. Indeed, on the 21st of January at home to Galway and Mallow, and then on the 28th of January at home to Armagh. Uh, those first two games before Cork head to Austin Stark Park to take on Kerry, and then two more home games back to back Waterford and Mayo, and then finishing off away to Dublin and away to Meath. Before I let you go, uh, Shane, how happy or confident are you where you are right now? I'm not going to ask you what's coming for us. It's too early in the year to even make those kind of predictions, but considering the winter period and the new players that you've got in and taken a look at, how happy are you where the Cork panel are right now just before uh, on the eve of the National Football League ca- campaign? Yeah, look, we're, we're very excited. It's a very positive vibe around the camp. Sure, you know, I suppose that those new players that are in, I suppose, and the, I suppose the players who were there last year, and I said to those players who came in for the first year last year, those younger girls, that would be the hardest year they'd put down with Cork because they mightn't see a lot of game time. But you can actually see the how how much they've progressed in the last twelve months. And I suppose look, they're they're really going to be fighting for jerseys this year. And look, we're very excited about the year ahead. Um, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of transition, a lot of teams. You know, look, you know, we we you know players players come and go. Dublin lost players last year. No one gave them a chance probably to win in Ireland the start of the year and they went down and won it. So look, we're excited about the year ahead. We're not making any predictions about where we go or what we'll do, but I think. We're, we've a big year ahead of us. Uh, I think we can progress, and hopefully, like you know, when it comes to the business end, you know, we can perform a little bit better. We were very disappointed in ourselves, um, you know, in the way we performed in that Ireland semi-final look against a very good Dublin team. But we still would have been disappointed with ourselves, and we're hoping to, you know, maybe you know, if we get get back to that stage again, that we can acquit ourselves much better. And I think look, the way things are going, the mood in the camp, uh, the vibe that's around the place. I think the new facility is fantastic for that as well. In the fact that it. I suppose the look. There's no one rushing or rushing to get away after training and things like that. You can meet up beforehand. All the girls are around. There's a great buzz around the place. Um, so look, we're very excited about it. So we're we're happy where we are at the moment. And you know, look, hopefully we can keep progressing in the next few weeks. Excellent stuff, Shane. Great to talk to you so early in the new year. We look forward to covering you throughout the coming season here on the Big Red Bench. But for now, thank you very, very much. <laughs> Welcome back to the Big Red Bench Sunday edition. It is Sarah McKenzie Foley here with you until 7pm and I have an update for you, a final whistle update on that Manchester United versus Tottenham game and it has finished two all, so an even contest there at Old Trafford and there's been a turnaround in the game between Egypt and Mozambique where Mozambique have come from one goal down in the first half to now lead two goals to one with about 75 minutes gone. So that would be a very interesting result for uh, for Egypt in that competition if it does stay that way. But we are moving on to basketball now because for the second half of the show, we're going to continue our preview of next week's National Cup finals. Uh, we spoke with Kieran O'Sullivan from Ballon Colleague last weekend, if you heard the Sunday show about their involvement in the men's final. And there is so much Cork involvement across the whole weekend from Friday to the 19th to Sunday, the 21st of January. It's a fantastic testament to the strength of Cork basketball and one of the teams that's going to be taking part in one of those finals next weekend is the Rebel Wheelers wheelchair basketball team and I got to speak to a member of that team Jack Quinn earlier this week. I'm joined now by Jack Quinn from the Rebel Wheelers basketball team. Jack welcome to the Big Red Bench. Thank you. I'd love to know what inspired you to get involved in wheelchair basketball as a sport because I feel like the awareness is is relatively high now, but but that might not have been the case necessarily when you started. Was it was it a popular sport back then? Um, it wasn't really. To be fair, like the way I joined this was, um, I was in Enable Ireland getting a, an appointment for a wheelchair or something like that, and I was in the waiting room and my mom saw like a poster for Rebel Wheelers. So I was only nine at the time. So my yeah. mom like dragged me to that on a Saturday morning. <laughs> and um I just started from there. I started at the Saturday morning club where they they kind of just give you a taste of every sport. And then it was Paul Ryan asked me then to try a wheelchair basketball. And yeah, that was thirteen years ago. So Wow, you're hooked from then on. Yeah. Brilliant. And people might assume there's a lot of adaptation of the game when you're playing wheelchair basketball, but actually there isn't. So the hoop height is the same, the distance from the basket to the free throw line, the three point line, it's all the same. So I imagine there's a huge amount of 
you know, training and strength work that goes in, especially for your upper body. How how does that look for you? Like on an average week, let's say when you're training, what sort of work are you putting in before a game? So if it's a normal week, we'll train to the Thursdays and then we try to get a session in on a Sunday morning in Neptune as well. And then it could be one to two gym sessions then with our strength and conditioning coach Alan as well. So maybe four or five sessions a week. Wow. Okay. So there's a lot of, and this is me just assuming it's majority upper body, but what other kind of, what other strengthening stuff do you do as well? And the conditioning? It depends on the person. Like, so I'd have full use of my core. So I want to keep that use of my core. Do you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I would do a bit of, you know, Russian twists, planks, whatever during okay. the week as well, just to strengthen the core and it'll help. It helps you maneuver the wheelchair as well because you, the chairs are made for you. So any kind of movement to your body, reacts with the chair then so if I have a strong core I can turn quicker and stuff like that Mm, yeah that makes sense because I'm thinking of obviously my all my coverage of Formula One I'm thinking of drivers talking about how they're one with the car because the seat is literally built for them that's kind of that's uh that's making up my head yeah yeah and besides your rebel wheelers action you've also represented Ireland I know that involves playing in some pretty far-flung places will we say um what would you say has been the most challenging environment that you've played in and how do you all manage those situations as a team? Um, I'd say the the European Championships we had there during the summer is in Bosnia. Hmm. And um, we were we had high hopes going into it. We thought we could have won it, but um, we lost the semi-final. So the mood in the camp after that was fairly poor we were all very upset and then we had to go up the next morning and play a bronze medal match which was you know it was very hard to switch the mind from being very upset that we lost the semi-final then go and try and win a European medal but we did that so I'd say that was that 24 hours was definitely the hardest of a team we've had yeah yeah and what's the the mix amongst the team at the moment? Is there quite a few senior players that would have maybe been in that position before and, and kind of understand, as you said, what's required to turn the team around? How how does that look at the moment across the team? Um, in Rebel Wheelers, there's loads of senior t- players because we're going for our fifth National Cup in a row. So mm. we've all been there before. And with the Irish team in that scenario, there was, I think there was only three players who would ever played the bronze medal match before so there was wow. nine nine of us who'd never been in that situation before and we do have a really young team as well so mm. it was relying on them to you know give us the experience but then using our youth will say is <laughs> you know kind of fearless kind of energy or whatever yeah yeah I was gonna say it's it's good to have a young team as well because obviously you can build them for the future and exactly. you have as you said that that energy is there what does that future look like for you, I suppose? And what are your, your goals ultimately for your, your own career in wheelchair basketball? Um, definitely, we're, like in the Europeans, we're in Division C, which is the lowest division. But I, I know we shouldn't be in that division. I feel like we sh- we're definitely a decent Division B team. So obviously the goal is to get promoted up to Division B, not mm-hmm. this summer, but next summer. And then stay in Division B and see if we can in a few years, make a run to Division A. And then with the club, it's just keep winning. Like we were in potentially five National Cups in a row in a few weeks. So who knows? See if we can get to 10, maybe. And then for you personally, what are the the options like as far as professionally playing outside of, outside of that? Yeah, so there's a good few countries in Europe that have uh, professional leagues. Spain and Germany are probably the two biggest leagues in terms of finances and competition so mm. if I was to go pro ideally is to get into one of the two of them countries but if I have to you know work my way up go into like France or Italy or something like that and just you know get my foot in the door and then see if I can impress and work the way up that's that's a journey that could be on for me as well. Absolutely. You have to get working on your your European languages so <laughs> over the exactly. over the next years. Yeah. Um you're juggling college and basketball at the moment and you mentioned you might be training, you know, four or five times a week. How do you go about, I suppose, managing all of that? Like what are what are the things that kind of help you 
help you manage your time throughout the week? Yeah, it is hard to be fair because I'm in last year of college, so the stress is high. But um, a huge thing that helps is the gym that I use is the college gym. Mm. So like, I it saved me a lot of time traveling. So like, if I get into college, do the session, shower, change, I'm already on campus. So yeah. if I'm early, I can go to you know the library, the student center, get some work done there. So like, it helps that way. Um, it's uh, it is tough to be fair, mixing the two, but you just have to find what works for you. Absolutely. And you mentioned there's a, a big, big final coming up on the 19th of January when you're going to be playing the Southeast Swifts in the final of the National Cup. As you said, you're going for your fifth in a row, which is a crazy stat. That's uh, that's so impressive. Knowing that, how do you go about preparing? Are you kind of leaning on, as you said earlier, that experience of having been there before? Or do you almost have to treat it as if it's any other final that you would have played in any other year? It's a mixture of both, to be fair, because we're used to, we'll say, the build up to the the final, like this, doing interviews and stuff like that. And, mm. you know, the traveling up the day of the final, we're used to that. So we can, you know, we know that's not going to throw us. But we're playing Swifts, who we've never played in the final before. We played them in the league loads of times, but, you know, it's a different team. It's mm. a final, so they're going to throw everything at us. So one way we're used to the build up and the, the you know the big energy that around that's around the national cup final but we do have to prepare for a new team in the final you know they're a very experienced team so they can show anything at us so it'll be it'll be interesting yeah definitely and as i was talking about last week on the show there's so much happening in cork basketball at the moment it's it's fantastic what I suppose talked a bit more about what other work Rebel Wheelers do. You know, you mentioned at the start kind of getting you into a bunch of different sports through Enable Ireland. I know that there's a ton of work that goes on there, so I'd love to hear a bit more about that. So Rebel Wheelers, so what they do is they have a Saturday morning club is what it's called. So that's mostly for like younger people or people who are new. And what they do is they just give you a taste of every single sport possible. Mm -hmm. And they run, you know, different like, you know, days out and stuff like that. And then Revel Wheelers also, once you kind of decide what sport you want, they have wheelchair basketball, rug, wheelchair rugby, athletics, but uh, there's loads of different sports then under the Rebel Wheelers banner that if you decide, right, I'm good at this or I like this, you go in and you're still part of Rebel Wheelers, but you get to focus on one sport, you know what I mean? and get to compete in that sport. Fantastic, yeah. And I, I was kind of reading up on a few profiles of, of the team as well, and it's really interesting to see that there's people that are playing wheelchair basketball for all different types of reasons. Like, it's such a fantastic thing to build a team around, I think. It's it's great, and I, I think it's awesome the work that, that everyone is doing there. So, folks, if you don't already know, definitely definitely look the Rebel Wheelers up and do a bit of research on them because it's fantastic. Jack, thank you so much for joining us here on Corks Red FM to, to chat all things wheelchair basketball. We're wishing you and the whole team the very best for that upcoming final and hopefully you'll have some good news for us in a few weeks' time. It was great to speak with Jack and hear more about the work that's being done by everyone at the Rebel Wheelers organisation. As I said, folks, do go and look them up if you aren't aware of them already. Now, just like the Men's National Cup final, the Women's final is also an all-Cork affair because Catalyst Father Matthews will be facing Cronenbacher Credit Union Brunel on Sunday, the 21st of January. And I had the chance earlier this week to speak with Neve Dwyer from Father Matthews about their preparation for the game and how they're feeling heading into it. I am joined now by Neve Dwyer from Catalyst Father Matthews basketball team. Neve, welcome to the Big Red Bench. Yeah, pleasure. Thanks a million for having me. Of course, yeah, and obviously you are you are on because on Sunday the twenty first of this month, you and your teammates are going to be going head to head with Gronenbacher Credit Union Brunel in the Paddy O'Connor Cup final. How are the team feeling? How are the preparations going? What's the the mood in the camp at the moment? 
Yeah, it's great. Like, you know, you know, it's the excitement of winning a semi-final. You have to come down to her pretty quickly because you have to prepare for a final. And it's a good complaint to have. Don't worry, we're not compla- um, complaining. Look, we, um, we're going against our local rivals as well. Two, like four Cork teams actually on the men's side as well. So it's going to be a really exciting weekend. We're really looking forward to it. We're starting to get focused now on what we need to do. Um, put in a performance. We know how difficult it is. Any final is hard to win. So especially a derby, especially, you know, a cup final. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's everyone, everyone all hands to the pumps right now. Um, everyone preparing in the club, all the players like focusing on our, what we need to do to perform. And, and just, it's a great feeling. It's big for our club. It's our first um, cup final at this level. Um, and we're really excited for it. And, and we're delighted to represent Catalyst for the Matthews in, in the final. Absolutely. And you mentioned the semi-final there. That was against Liffey Celtics. And your sister, Ronnie actually said after that, that you've been as a team kind of building towards this since a game against Brunel about five years ago. Can you kind of speak a little bit more to that and what the long-term work has actually looked like on that journey? Yeah, like, so, you know, um, so COVID obviously hit as well there. Like, so it's been a, a very um, turbulent journey, journey at least. So when we got um, promoted there, I think there was 2019 Cup semi-final that Gwani is referring to. Like, it was our first year up. Um, we had many different pieces there. And I think we just didn't get it right on the day. And I think for the, the players like myself and Gwani, Shannon was there, you know, we had a few younger players there as well. And I think we learned a lot from that. Like, you know, and that experience really showed in the semi-final. I think I, that's what probably what Gwani was referring to, as in just not hitting the nail on the head that day and making sure that we got those things right. And myself, Gwani, and Shannon being the leaders and with that experience knowing that what it takes to get over the line especially in the semi-finals because um, you know you're, you're not you're not there yet you know you're, mm. you can see it you're so close semi-finals is a very different energy to a final um, and managing that I think it definitely helped on the day um, and you, you know the experience that we brought to it like and of course the new players that have come in were excellent I think it was a real team performance but I think that experience probably maybe was the tipping point to get us over the line. I was going to ask you about that, actually, about the mix of, I suppose, tenure within the squad. I think definitely what I've heard for, even from other teams is that it, you want that perfect balance, you know, in a final of people that have been there before and understand the pressure, but also the the energy, like you said, that newer teammates bring. Is is that something that you're looking to, to recreate in the final? Of course, yeah. But I think, you know, every sport wants that, don't you? You need youth coming through. You want to be role models to them. You want to show them what it takes and the commitment. And, and like you said, you know, for myself and Gronny taking the heartbreak loss against Brunel in that semi-final and understanding that, you know, the, the little things that we can improve on. And then hopefully, like, with, with the younger players going through the experience, being part of big occasions, that when it is their time to take bigger roles, that they'll be the one to fill in in the, the boots there. And I think that's important in every sport and in every walk of life. You know, you have to have people around you that can, you know, you can look up to and that you can learn from. And and I think going into the final is going to be crucial. I know Brunel have a similar mix. You know, they have experience there as well. Um, they have younger players coming through. So it's going to be a very interesting final, like you said, on it. Um, interesting balance on both teams. Um, and I, I guess on the day it comes down who executes their game plan to the best of their ability, you know? A hundred percent. And I asked Kieran O'Sullivan from Ballancolic about this as well, but I'm interested in hearing your view when you are playing a fellow Cork team that you've played many times before, do you think there's any advantage to knowing that team so well? Or do you kind of, are you able to use that even in the preparation? Oh, of course. Like, you know, the better you know a team, um, the better it is for the the, the execution of a game at times, Mm. you know, because, but, then it's the other side. They know you just as well. Like, mm-hmm. So so again, it's, it's going to be a game of moves and counter moves and what team can adjust uh, the quicker um, to situations on the court. And, you know, especially with basketball because it's so tactical, I suppose, and compared to other sports, you know, you have different defences and looks um, and different offences and, and different looks out of offence you want to go. So, like, they're going to know our offences. Like, the games are all streamed now. Coaches get it. You know, there's mm-hmm. a lot more analysis done even at our level, in every level in sport, actually, now with, with technology. The analysis mm-hmm. and knowledge of teams going into matches is far higher than it's ever been. So teams' ability to adapt and players' ability to make decisions has become even more critical and more important. And mm-hmm. that's why it's going to be a very interesting match for us because we only played a month ago. 
And, yeah. you know, it was, it was a one-point game. So, you know, we'd be hoping to replicate what we did and but get over the line this time. And, of course, Brunel were going to be hoping that they can make adjustments so that they can take the lead earlier in the game. So it's going to be a fascinating matchup. I think the most important thing for any team nowadays is to really just focus on themselves. You know, mm-hmm. if you worry too much about the, the opposition, um, you fall into that trap. You know, or if you think you know a team so well, you end up being overconfident. So it's really important to get the balance right between tactics and knowledge, um, between focusing on the other team and focusing on yourselves, right? And especially in a cup final when there's other factors like, you know, TV, media, you know, um, the travel up, all the hype around cup and basketball. It really is, you know, the domestic season, you know, cherry on top of the cake. So managing that as well is going to be really, really important. So there's a lot of balls in the air. And I think at the end of the day, the foundation is to focus on yourself, get yourself prepared, and then hopefully on the on the day execute the way you want to. For sure. I mean, uh, I'm going to keep mentioning this so that as many people catch the games live as possible, but they are being broadcast on TG Carr. And it could be very easy, you know, coming from your regular, regular season games where it's not as much hype as you said, that every moment counts here and there's so many eyes watching you, not even that are looking at you when you're actually on the floor. So it's definitely a lot to deal with. But, uh, you know, as you said, hugely exciting time for the club as well. And I think just in general, Cork basketball is having a huge moment at, at this stage of the year. Certainly there's 11 finals happening over the course of that weekend. There's no less than seven Cork teams. What do you think has contributed to that? You know, it's the men's, the women's, it's the wheelchair basketball. There's so much strength in, in basketball in Cork right now. Yeah, I think, I think look, basketball is always passionate about, I'm uh, sorry, Cork is always passionate about basketball. Like, I'm a tip woman. I've been in Cork a long time now. Mm-hmm. So, but even when I first came, like, it was so easy to buy into the culture of basketball down here because I love the sport, you know. Mm-hmm. I've travelled with it, I've done a lot with it. And when I came to Cork to UCC, it was very easy for me to slip into it because it's what I love to do. And and like I said, there has been years where you have a lot of Cork representation. There's years where you have a lot of Cork representation, uh, Dublin representation. I think this year, if you look at the semi-finals, um, they're all really close semi-finals. They were excellent. Like it was really mm-hmm. good basketball to watch it was really fun and I think you just need a bit of luck as well like and you know when you look at Balan Colleagues uh, Keelan's buzzer beater yeah. like you know <laughs> a four point lead um, you know look at the, the Demons Neptune game went to overtime and um, Brunel pulled away in the third when Clester got in foul trouble so you know you do need a bit of luck um, mm. and you need a lot of good things coming together at the right time so Demons are up Super League for a couple of years now. Balancholic got promoted. They won the league last year. You know, Brunel Idel coming back. I know one of her goals is to, you know, help Brunel back into the, you know, into cup finals and, and league finals. So you have all these little things that have to come at the right time in the right place and all the prep behind it. I, I'm sure the other clubs, like our club, the, the the team in the background has been just been immense this year to help us get up to this level as well. Like you said, we were up and coming. It doesn't just happen on the court, it happens off the court. So you have all these pieces of the jigsaw in all the clubs and I'm sure all the clubs have the same kind of story that I have. And then it just comes together for one weekend and you get the teams get a bit of luck, like you know what I mean. Like, we, like you know, sometimes you need it, like, uh, and it just happened to be four Cork teams, like at Super League, doing it, and um, it's going to make for one heck of a weekend up in Dublin now on on the twentieth and twenty first. It definitely will. And Neve, thanks so much for joining us on Red FM to no chat problem. all things Father Matthews. We're looking forward to seeing uh, that women's final live next weekend, and very best of luck. Thanks a million. I appreciate it, Sarah. Now, that is everything that I have time for today, folks. It does look like Mozambique are going to hang on to win 2-1 against Egypt. It's 90 minutes plus six. I keep refreshing the the 90 minutes plus seven. It looks like they will hold on. But that's everything I have time for. If you missed anything or you want to listen back to the show, the podcast will be available very shortly after I'm on it off air, I should say. But in the meantime, have a lovely rest of your Sunday and enjoy Green on Red, which is up next.